Hey, appreciators, welcome to our long-awaited Q&A video. We sent out some feelers for a couple weeks. I've gone through our YouTube comments looking for questions, and today we are finally ready to dig in. That's right. Here we go. All right. So, again, we're a newer podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people from the YouTube page still haven't transferred over to the podcast. So sure. I think as a first Q and a, this is a little light, but yeah. that's okay. That's fine that's with me. Okay. And so maybe, you know, answering these questions will get you, will create some more questions in your head. Mm-hmm. And I really want this to be an avenue for you guys to see a little bit more of Evan and I's personality, make the channel, make the podcast more, personality based because i think so far it's been more topical based yeah i think so and and it's like if if we're doing anything we're just trying to start a dialogue a lot of the time anyway yeah and especially with the essays it's like we want to start conversations about yeah like some of these things so let's you know hopefully this will be an avenue to start a dialogue and and just connect with people you know yeah and so if you're watching this on patreon whether you're a patron or not i'm going to make this free to everybody mm-hmm. uh, maybe future q a's i'll make it just patreon exclusive but yeah. because i'm still trying to get as many people in as possible i'm not going to slap a dollar fee on this just yet so don't slap it if you don't have to yeah i mean that applies to a lot of things <laughs> That applies to a lot of things, dude. There just... are there are a lot of male workers in in office spaces that uh, could follow that rule. <laughs> they're taking notes right yeah, now. They're taking. Oh, oh, I don't have to slap it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that video that Will Smith put out recently? Yeah, I could not watch it. Okay. It's just it was just it's it was just way too overly serious. Yeah. Um, just let's let's just all forgive and forget. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily forgive if you're Chris Rock. He can do what he wants. He can do whatever he let's wants. Let's all just yeah, move yeah. on as a culture. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I think that's the first of many tangents. <laughs> uh, anyway, I want to grow this community. I think the YouTube channel started in 2019, and it's never really fostered a community because Dan and I were really more focused on the content and kind of honing those muscles of writing video essays, editing video essays. Sure. And it was it was a long process of finding what's our identity as a channel. Sure. And so I think the community building just kind of got put to the back burner, but I really want with this podcast and with the YouTube channel, I'm seeing it more. I'm trying to engage more with comments. I mm-hmm. did that on my most recent video, uh, every review all at once about everything everywhere all at once. If you haven't watched that, go watch it, but I'm trying to reply to all the comments there. It's getting a lot of feedback, positive, negative. I don't care. That's kind of the point of the video yeah. anyway. Yeah, of course. So I want this to be a community. Dude, uh, it's so interesting you say that. Um, I just started following a guy on Instagram, and I think he was a founder of Patreon, and he's a musician as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can't remember his name right now. It's like, is it uh, Jack something? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. He's got a beard. Yeah, um, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. But uh, he's a great musician, and uh, he's a great follow. But uh, he said something that really resonated with me the other day where he was like, whenever he first started making things, mm-hmm. he would kind of make them in a vacuum and yeah. he wanted it. He wanted to know his identity and like know what sound he was going for and all that stuff before he started sharing it with people. And then he finally got to a point where he was like, I, I can't like bottle this up anymore. I have to like mm-hmm. share it. And so he started putting it out and he said, the like evolution that it goes through whenever people actually start to interact with it mm-hmm. is what helps you kind of find that, find right. your sound or find your identity or whatever it is. And uh, like that evolution that it goes through is what kind of gives you that identity. So sometimes the most helpful thing you can do is just start creating things, start yep. sharing them, and then you find that identity. And it really resonated with me. Um, yeah. because I, I feel the same way where I just like, I make things in a vacuum and I'm like, well, it's not quite right. So I just won't yeah. say anything or do anything or share it with anyone. So, yeah, no. Yeah. So if you're watching and you've been watching, please comment, interact with us. We're, we are not like holier than thou, like above oh, yeah. the, like we're just two guys in the Midwest making content. We want to talk about this yeah. stuff. That's why we want to have yeah. back and forth about We're it. We're so, called yeah. professional appreciators, but we don't do this professionally. We have other jobs. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're just yeah. two normal guys. We, it's on a YouTube channel that's 
moderately successful in terms of views and subscribers, but like, sure, we're not known. Yeah. And so don't be afraid to chime in. And I, like I said, I've noticed that when I've been making videos recently, the videos that are um, getting the most engagement are video essays, but then our podcast videos that are getting the most engagement are ones that are framed like as a question or as like a topic, like right. is Better Call Saul better than Breaking Bad? Right. Why is everyone watching Euphoria? Like anything phrased like that I've noticed is getting engagement because it's almost like inviting a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think a lot of times too, people want to, at least for me personally, I want to hear people's per perspective on like, why do they think that is yeah. successful? Why do they think that's good? And is it a different perspective than mine? Like, are they coming at it from a different angle yep. than I am? Or do we kind of approach it in the same way? And that's just kind of, I think, an intri intriguing way to, to think about stuff yeah. and to to uh, to go about it. But, yeah. uh, and especially since Evan and I, if you haven't noticed, agree a lot. Yeah. And so if you're watching and you're like, you know what? I kind of see it this way or I want to make this point. Please yeah. do that because that adds a little bit more yeah, nuance we, to our conversation. I think like adding different perspectives from different people is like what it's all about. So if you have a different way that you see it or a different perspective that you're coming from on a certain movie or, or piece of art or something that we've talked about, then we want to hear your perspective. Um, but also I think that a lot of times what keeps me from engaging with things or commenting on things is it's like, nobody's going to see this. Right. Like they're not going to see this. Why would I even engage? Yeah. No one's going to engage back. You're talking to us like, yeah. like I, I, with this on this particular thing. You're it's, you know, Andrew yeah. answers them like I it's literally see every comment on my YouTube channel. Yeah. So every it's not like one. it's not like flooded with hundreds and hundreds of thousands yeah, no. of comments and stuff. So like you're like we're having that dialogue. That's yeah. Whenever somebody has a comment that's interesting or or uh, critique something in an interesting way, we discuss it. And we're yeah, like, yeah, especially if it's, it's about our clothing. <laughs> hey, man. Don't bring that up. Yeah. Everyone be kind on Evan with the shorts he's wearing oh, if man. you're watching on video. I took a risk today. Yeah. Just, it's August. Just be kind. It's hot. All right. Well, let's get into our first question. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, this first question is brought to you by my fiance, Ooh, Anna. Anna. She had a question. She actually listened? She, yeah. She listened. She heard Whoa. me complain about how no one was submitting questions. And so she actually submitted in a good one. So I, I'm really curious to see it, how, we're, how we're both going to answer this. It won't shock you to know that Carly asked me, how do I submit a question? <laughs> and then I told her and R she did not write submit it on a, a piece of paper <laughs> and she did not submit a question. Mail it to this office. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anna asks, have you both always been into cinema or did one of you get the other more involved? Time out. And I love the use of cinema. Did she say, did she actually use yeah, the word she cinema? Said cinema? Wow. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. I have in influenced her. Okay. What was the second part of I, my brain yeah. completely Sorry. fried after the word cinema. <laughs> Sorry. Have you both always been into cinema or did one of you get the other more involved? Interesting. I'm curious to see how you're going to answer it or maybe we're on the same page. Yeah. So I would say 100% you influenced me on making anything. Mm. So like it was you 100% and your brother that you guys were making stuff. Right. You guys were like had video cameras and oh, we're yeah. making videos. Oh, you're talking about even way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. talking about way back. Like when we were in high school. Yeah. And, yeah. You started on that train and we like as a friend group kind of were like, Oh yeah, let's do this. It's fun together. Oh, yeah. And that was probably like the initial spark of like, Oh, you can make videos kind yeah. of like you can, I can do this. And then I, I, I had a, an awakening a couple of years ago. That was the same thing. Cause we, at least me, you didn't stop, but I kind of like wasn't a part of that for a long time. Right. And then it kind of, awakened in me recently of like oh you can make stuff like i can shoot things with a camera and it looks good and that's like fulfilling and i really like how that feels yeah. uh but as far as being into cinema and being into movies and like consuming that media um we were almost like i the way i think of it was we were kind of existing in our own worlds right. and being fan being fans of very specific things 
and it was like we collided in some way when yeah. we met yeah and we realized like oh you like movies and tv shows as much as i do yeah but but i haven't seen the stuff you're a big fan yep. of, and you haven't seen the stuff i'm a big fan of so like you should watch this. Okay, let's go watch it. Like yeah. you introduced me to Bill and Ted's. That is the first thing I remember. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. I had never seen it. Yeah. I never even heard of it. And you introduced me to Bill and Ted's and it was like, I think our friendship started like it, like yeah. we got, uh, we took our relationship to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. We Whatever. got, yeah, we got more serious. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We went past the talking stage. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, it, I would say pretty much the same thing is like, I think that's one of the first things we bonded on when we met and like, we've been friends since like middle school. So mm -hmm. like when we met in middle school, I grew up in a household that like, we didn't go on lavish trips. We didn't do anything crazy. We were homebodies and we watched movies all the time. Yeah. But as a kid, I just thought that was just a way to pass the time. I never really articulated in my head. I love movies. It wasn't like a part of my identity. Yeah. It was just like, this is fun. I'm going to pass the time this way. Same thing with TV. My family like collected like any show we love. We collected like the season discs on DVD. Yeah. So anywhere in a house, it was just like nine seasons of Seinfeld. <laughs> Here's all the seasons of Buffy and Angel and Smallville. Like, yeah, so I was I was binging TV nonstop before, before binging was a thing. Yeah, I would just take season yeah. one of Smallville, watch it all the way through, then go to season two, then start watching Buffy and then circle back and just on a loop because that's all I did was just yeah. watch. I think my love for cinema, and I was thinking about this recently. I was, cause somebody, I was watching something where someone got asked the question, what's the first like spark? What's the right. first movie where it was like the spark for you of like, Oh, I love this. I, I have two answers to that, but I also have two. Mine well, involves you. I have two trilogies yeah. that kind of sparked my, fascination and i think it's back to the future and indiana jones oh yeah those are the two trilogies that like i was like wow like i love this like i mm -hmm. want to be in this world like i want to yeah. watch this i never want it to end you know i yeah. like just being kind of obsessed with it in yeah that way. like growing up a lot of the movies i watched and loved i guess you could say were the blockbusters and then like the comedies like me and my brother were yeah. so into comedies like bill and ted like yeah bill and ted dumb and dumber ace ventura like all that oh, stuff man, yeah wayne's world like that's all my brother watched and then we watched the blockbusters the back to the futures the star well, wars and the... i didn't really get to watch many comedies growing up so you introduced me to yeah. all those comedies yeah so like that was my background but the first time i watched a movie that at that age i would have called serious yeah and i i started taking movies seriously mm -hmm. was donnie darko oh as you showed me yeah. donnie darko yeah and it blew my brain yeah and the movie ended and i literally did not sleep that night yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i laid down on your basement couch stared up at the dark ceiling press play on but on parachutes the cold play album and listen to that on a loop just thinking about the movie and at that moment, I realized like, oh, movies can be something that you can like wrestle with and try and figure out what it's about. Yeah. And that like changed the game for me. Yeah. And and then when I was in college, I started I took like a class on it. And then I started thinking it more in terms of craft and technical skill. Like what's the camera doing? Yeah. What's what's going on in the screenplay? So it was like. There was, you introduced me to Donnie Darko, which is like, okay, what's a movie about? What's it saying? Like, how can I figure it out? And then later in college, I started talking about craft, the camera. And then I think you also, weirdly, simultaneously also took like a class in college about yeah, film. I did. Yeah, and we yeah. started like talking to each other and then it just went to another level. It, it went to a whole new level. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of weird. Like it just casually organically but it is interesting though because you and i are always watching watching different things from one another yeah for people that agree on most stuff mm -hmm. we have very different and but similar taste yeah where it's we like gravitate to things differently yeah and sometimes i might have to push you to watch something and you might have to like no 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 seriously watch this yeah and then I'll watch it exactly yeah yeah so it kind of works well in that way but um Another one, another, another one, one. <laughs> that, uh, that kind of 
helped me along the way and it really is spielberg man uh was jaws i have early memories of jaws and just being like completely fascinated and terrified and enthralled by jaws i actually watched jaws like way later in life when i was like probably a senior in college or something like yeah. that just that one just slipped through like yeah. i don't know why but yeah uh but yeah we could talk about that forever but it's kind of just always been organic and like it was for both of us it was a natural interest and it was a way for us to bond and so like i think we just always inherently knew we always have that to talk about like we'd go hunting for movies at blockbuster much to the i think chagrin of our other friends Right. Because all we ever wanted, wanted to do was sit in a dark do. room and watch a movie. Yeah. And everybody else was like, can we do something? And we're like, what no. does this look like? Well, <laughs> well, speaking of finding uh, horror movies at Blockbuster, I think this leads to another question. And this is from the grandfather of the YouTube channel, my brother. <laughs> what a title. <laughs> what yeah. a title. The, the man who started this whole thing going, yeah. my brother. He wanted to know, what's the best bad B movie you've watched together? Bad B movie. Now, my answer, I actually think this is a I good think, B movie. I think we have the same the answer. The same one. But I have another one for bad B movie. So I got you. I'll go just the best B movie in general. It's the best find we ever had at Blockbuster. Was yeah. It had the cheesiest most generic horror movie cover ever yeah and it's called the cottage uh-huh. and it's just like i think from memory like you see a wide shot of the cottage but then there's like a close-up of like a creepy man's face screaming there's or something kind of like a grayish, grayish filter on it yeah and uh for those of you old enough to remember this i used to go to blockbuster really often oh yeah and i wouldn't even go to be I wouldn't even be looking for anything in particular. I used to get these 99 cent free rentals. Yep. And on a Friday night, I would head out and I would go to Blockbuster, grab a free 99 cent rental. Man, I just sounds, go to the horror that aisle. So good right now. I would just oh. go to the horror aisle and I would pick one that had an interesting cover on it. Yeah. And I would just take it to Andrews and be like, dude, let's watch this. I don't know what it is. Let's just put it in. I can still see where in the blockbuster that aisle is. Like, yeah. Like me too, man. Mm. Oh man. I used to get so excited, but, uh, that was one of those movies. Yeah. The cottage. And, and we it, popped it, it in. It starts off as you'd expect generic, just like paint by numbers and weird and very weird. Like just kind of off. Yeah. Like kind of like the room is where it's like everyone's saying things where you're like, this doesn't feel natural. But it almost felt like at the time, whenever we were first watching it, it felt like this is a movie that is poorly made. Yeah. Just like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And then, and so I think we had an, I think we had other friends there watching. And so they just fell asleep at the beginning and me and you somehow, which is rare for me because I was always the first to fall asleep. You always fall asleep. Yeah. And I actually, I actually think you were falling asleep. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, get up. (laughs) We're watching this. this." You're like, don't leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah. And then there is, and I've still have never rewatched it. I've never been able to find it. I don't know if I want to rewatch it because the magic of the first time, but Something happens where, like, the two main protagonists <laughs> go to the titular cottage. Yeah. And then the movie takes this turn where it becomes, like, one of the funniest movies I've ever it's seen like in my dark, life. It takes a dark comedy turn. Yeah. Which the first, maybe t- the first act of the movie, the, all the setup... Is very generic. Seemed very plain. Yep. It was, like, very, like, someone gets kidnapped. Yeah. They have to get them back. But there's like a killer. They're in a mysterious cottage. Yeah, and it's all very plain, generic. Yeah. And then it takes a turn it out of nowhere. It takes a turn and it becomes like this almost like spoof movie slash slapstick. Just like the yeah. most outrageous humor. <laughs> and like, and it caught us both off guard. And me and you are dying Dude. laughing. And we're waking everybody up like in the basement and they're like, what is going on? And like, we were rewinding scenes because yeah. it made us laugh so hard. Yeah, dude. And it's like, it was, it's poor quality. It's obviously like, I think spoofing horror movies, but at first it doesn't show its hand. It's like trying yeah. to just be a bad movie. Yeah. That movie, The Cottage is just 
I yeah. don't know. Maybe some of you guys have heard of it or seen it. Whenever I Ooh. saw, whenever I saw that uh, question, that is the first thought that I had was yeah. the cottage. That's the first one, yeah. uh, and it. I loved it, man. We we used to have B movie nights where we would just watch the worst yeah. movie we could possibly find. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think in terms of like actual bad B movie, I think like Birdemic is probably up there. I I mean Troll Two is Troll like 2. synonymous with horrible but movies. Troll Two but is like yeah, fun, but Birdemic like I don't even think that was fun. It was yeah, just bad. It's just bad. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, um, I think there was another uh, ninety nine cent rental movie. That made There's a big a impression on us. Uh, uh, was it autopsy or anatomy or, some, or yeah, something like that? I think it was autopsy. Yeah, autopsy. Well, we used to do, and I recommend this. We used to do this game that we all just kind of naturally did in our friend group, where like all of us guys and girls would watch a pretty bad movie, mm-hmm. and we'd all pick a character. Yes. And like identify as a character, and then see who would survive. Yeah, it would be like that one. That's Andrew. Yeah. You couldn't that nominate one, yourself. Yeah. You'd have to nominate someone else. And be like, okay, that person, that guy's Evan. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? And then you'd exactly. try and see if you'd survive. If you survive the, the whole time, <laughs> that was fun. That's a great game. It's dude. a great game. Yeah, that's so fun. Yeah, we. Uh, I guess we I just o- like I always died. I was just. Yeah, you never made it. That was like yeah. part of your thing, though. Yeah. It was. It's part of your thing. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, no, but um. I, I was thinking this a minute ago. This is kind of off topic, but I, yeah. I kind of like this idea. Um, maybe we should do like a series or I don't know what it would look like, but where we have movies that like slip through the cracks, like Jaws. Yeah. Where where it's like, I just somehow never saw Jaws. Uh, oh. Oh, like where you know it's what like I mean? you should have seen it? Yeah, where it's like you oh, should have seen this. Where right. it's like Gone with the Wind or like uh, The Sound of Music or uh, why are only music? That's actually... It's only one musical, but, um, or like a perfect example. Uh, I have never seen, um, the movie Spielberg, mm-hmm. uh, Liam Neeson, um, world war two. Um, <laughs> what, uh, <sighs> Liam Neeson, world, world war two. Yeah. Spielberg? Schindler's list. Oh, I have never seen Schindler's yeah. list. Where wow. it's like maybe we should like make a yeah. list. I mean, of movies that when are just are you like ever in the fallen? mood to watch Schindler's You're List. You're never in never no. in the mood. You never are. But it's like we should hey, make a baby, list. You want to put on Schindler's List? <laughs> Let's sit down and have a nice dinner and watch Schindler's List. Yeah. No, but uh, we should make a list of like movies that just fell through the cracks. Yeah, and go through them together. I'm movies down. we both have like not yeah. seen and then n- we can name some ones we haven't seen and then watch them and then talk about them yeah exactly yeah, yeah. i agree okay i think that's cool next question this is actually from an old professor of mine uh shout out to professor shaheen he commented uh who would your top three celebrity or well-known guests be to interview mm. i think we briefly touched on this like early in the podcast but it's been so long. Yeah. yeah. Is it? Who so, would be your top three celebrity or well-known interview guests or just someone to chat with? So my question to you on this yeah. is, do you want it to be like a good interview or do you want it to be just someone you would really like to talk to? I'd say bo- do both. Both? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I think if it's someone you really want to talk to, it would, throw, it, would, it would become a good interview. Let's throw some names out there. Yeah. Because I think we need to agree on the top three. Yeah. Okay. Well, instant one, we're both going to agree. Conan. Yeah. Conan would be 100%. the best interview ever. Yes, a hundred percent. I feel like you could just get him in here, just ask him <laughs> anything, and just let him loose. He would he would take the reins yeah. and it'd be fine. Just yeah. cut him loose, man. Oh man, that would be awesome, dude. Yeah. Well, because I feel like um, Ray LaMontagne said something that stuck out to me one time, where in an interview he said uh, they asked, "Are you excited to, exactly to meet yeah. other artists?" Like other musicians. And he said, no, the music is enough. The music is enough. <laughs> and so it's like, I would be, I I don't think Conan would disappoint at Also, speaking all. of Ray LaMontagne, like, love Ray LaMontagne. Horrible interview guest. Worst interview. He would be terrible. <laughs> he is the worst We'd be like, interview We'd guest. be like, Ray, like, who, like, you know, like this latest album, like what were your influences? Like, well, um, I was Wind. just, I was just out, uh, sewing all of my shirts by hand and <laughs> that got me thinking of it you're just like okay oh ray. my or god like, like hey like is there anyone you want to collab with in the future ray no no 
<laughs> or it would be like he'd be like, he'd be like someone no, he, so obscure he would be like, that he'd be like the version of the the version of me five years in the future i want to collab with him i, I wonder what he's up to <laughs> the R- ray five years from now yeah yeah wow Whew. no okay. but i uh, know we can both definitely agree conan o'brien conan. Okay. he would be awesome i think yeah i'm trying to think who else i mean since it's a movie podcast directors is there a director in your head i mean obviously big ones are like scorsese like you know who would quentin be a, tarantino quentin I, tarantino would be good on mike he would be a great he's always a good interview because he's yeah. just game for anything yeah um scorsese i would be scared to interview i would be very i i don't i'm not worthy to interview no scorsese. i would be too like you know like infinitely more okay about oh you like, know everything you know who'd be I great do. roger deakins Oh, Roger dude. Deakins. Yeah. yeah, that would be great. I would have so many questions for Roger Deakins. Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh, he would be amazing. I just, I would love. And to he ask is good him. in interviews. Yeah, I've seen him in interviews, and he says some fascinating. He's stuff. very open about process and stuff. Like, I would love yeah. to ask him, like, what he thinks about the state of cinematography today, and like mm-hmm. how movies look visually. And yeah, that would be fascinating. Okay, yeah, what about you? What about you? Um. I I do tend to really lean towards the Quentin Tarantino thing. Yeah. Just because he is also very open about like a lot of opinions, but he he has like a very encyclopedic knowledge of yeah. like just obscure movies where it would be fun to be able to talk about like obscure movies from a certain time yeah. period and a certain genre oh, yeah. where it's like what is your favorite from this very specific like genre mm-hmm. where it's like a romantic film from the nineties that was overlooked, you know? And it's like, he yeah. could come up with something that, you know, would be good. Uh, so I would have fun with that, but, uh, I don't know what, what would you say? Roger Deakins over Quentin Tarantino, which one? Well, here's the thing. Quentin would be great on Mike, but I think he would like dominate the discussion because yes. that's how he is. He, he's so his brain's going a mile a minute. Yeah, you're right. He just like has this depth of knowledge. And like, I, I think, we would just kick our feet back and enjoy the show, but like we wouldn't participate. Roger much. Deakins is kind of a good one because he's like a he is a secondary, like uh he's not like the main director, or like the main actor, or mm-hmm. the main this, that, or the other. He's kind of like a supporting. I mean, he's usually the head cinematographer yeah. of whatever picture he's doing, but he has a way of like laying back where it's yeah. like. He's um, he's worked with everybody. Man. Yeah, so it's like you could just. I could ask him about the Cohen brothers. I could ask him ask about Denis. Yeah. I could ask like just so many things to ask him. Personally, another one I would love would be Stephen King, because Stephen King is like one of the biggest creative influences. Maybe in we my should life. do maybe we should do top four because we mm-hmm. have a late night host. Oh, another one we would both love John Mayer. Oh well, yeah. He's I would he's love a great to interview. John Mayer. Well, yeah. maybe we should do top four. Okay. And well, let's leave music out of it. We won't go John. music uh, because that's just, it, it would be John. Mayer. Yeah. But um, we've got a late night host. We could mm-hmm. do a uh, actor category. Oh, an actor. Actor category. Or, yeah. Okay. A like writer, director, producer category mm-hmm. or like cinematographer. And then uh, we could do, oh no, wait. Let's do that. You you understand what I'm saying? Like, let's do categories. So, yeah. so, like, let's do, we have a late night health. Let's do a director. Let's do an actor. Let's do a, mm-hmm. I think we have a, okay, like our a, other one. Okay. Here's mine for those categories. Like, obviously, we already have Conan. Mm-hmm. Director. Ooh, director. I mean, if a cinematographer, we got Roger Deakins. Director. I think we both agree Roger Deakins would just be, I, yes. Yeah. I would be all in on Reggie. But if I had to separate that and do director, oh, Greta Gerwig. Mm, that I'd is be a... very interested because she has an acting background. She is a good interview. She's also directed some just just bops of yeah. a movie. She's also one of those people who's worked with a lot of great people. It's like I would I would love to pick Greta Gerwig's brain. Yeah. Mm. Actor? I would do Brad Pitt. You know what? I was thinking the same thing, but wait. He's been in so many great movies. I was, I was thinking the same thing. His catalog is like so many hits. But what about Tom Cruise? That would be something. <laughs> Here's the thing. I actually, 
I want to keep the distance between <laughs> Tom Cruise as an entertainer <laughs> from like personally ever knowing Tom wanna, Cruise. No offense, but like yeah, I want to keep yeah, that yeah, separation. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear yeah. you. No, so, I'm with you. It would be wild. It would be something though. I mean, did you? I, he would convince us to do the podcast like as we're jumping out of a plane. Like that's yeah. what he would do. Yeah, I heard that Quentin Tarantino saw Top Gun Maverick. I loved it and loved because it. it's amazing. And I love the fact that he loved it. Yeah, I got so I derive so much joy from hearing that story about how much he loved it. Um, no, but yeah, I think Conan, Roger Deakins. Um, I'm on the fence about Greta Gerwig. Okay, fine. Um, but I am all on. I mean, she hasn't been a director for so but, long, but, but for super long. But so. I'm on board with Brad Pitt. That also, was the I felt first weird that, that like all the people we were naming were guys. Felt a little weird about that. Yeah. You know, it is what it is, but you're right. Honestly, I would love to hear what Greta Gerwig has to say. Yeah. So, no, I just, man, you just really destroyed me right there. <laughs> you're like, well, it's all men. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know. Well, I would like to have uh, Saoirse Ronan instead of Brad Pitt. Oh, Saoirse. <laughs> yeah. How about that? She'd be great too. We could have her and Greta because they yeah. work together a lot. We're really, we're, this list is growing. Now we're a little it's too, too self-aware and we're like, okay. Yeah. We need to, we need to shoot for, we need to go from the first instinct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Conan was Basic a great one. Instinct. I think Roger Deakins is a great one. And maybe we shouldn't agree. Maybe we should do our own separate list. Yeah. You know, I think, I think we've gotten enough out there, honestly. Yeah. So. Let's okay, fine. I think I think we've gotten out there. I mean, do you just want to name thirty people? <laughs> yeah, you know. Let's do Conan, Roger Deakins, Greta Gerwig, and Brad Pitt. That's we, a that's a solid dinner party we, right we there. We added an extra one on. That's a solid dinner party right there. That is a solid dinner party. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how Roger Deakins is going to respond to Conan's humor. Oh, I bet he'd love it. Come but on. I'm interested Come to see on. what happens. Who doesn't like Conan? I mean, a lot of people didn't in the well, that's <laughs> in true, 93. But, I mean, he was replacing Letterman. He just was, yeah, yeah. which we could ask him about. I think the whole the whole thing with Letterman is interesting because I feel like, and this could really get me destroyed online because I know that there's so much love for Letterman. And I like Letterman, but uh, I never really saw him like as a comedy genius. Like, uh, I never got on the Letterman train. He doesn't have like, it doesn't seem like he's very witty and quick, but yeah. he, it doesn't seem like he has like really big comedy muscles that he's always flexing on TV, like in his show. Mm -hmm. But people love it. Like people yeah. loved Letterman. It's is, just, is it more of a persona thing where they were like, they like who Letterman is and just, how he is? It's hard to say because like we weren't of yeah. the age. Like Conan was the guy on TV when we were yeah. coming of age to start watching those shows. So it's kind of hard to we're so influenced by the post letterman like crowd mm -hmm. that it's hard for us to look back and go like and dissect letterman because if we would have been there i'm sure we would have loved it yeah you know what i mean because yeah. what conan does is very different from what letterman does mm -hmm. letterman has more of that like kind of snarky kind of like that wry smile like he could be very um ironic and stuff like that but like he didn't have that slapstick kind of Looney yeah. Tune style that Conan has, yeah. so I don't know. I, you know, it's just I I just missed the boat on Letterman, and I'm okay with that. Actually, I can't believe it. Neither of us said Michael Mann. Oh, Michael Mann! Missed opportunity, dude. Holy well, cow! You know what? We've given him so much free publicity on this podcast. I think I, mean, I think we're still good. I want to say that he's I, the he is the best on Twitter because all he ever tweets is pictures from Heat. And then he just puts, <laughs> he puts in the text, coming soon, Heat 2. And it's just like, that's what I want to see when I open up Twitter. That's just, the only thing I want to see. Just coming soon, Heat 2. Um, uh, do you want to move on to the, the next question? You know question? who else? Oh. Jesse Plemons, I would be interested in that. Oh. I think, yeah. I think he would be a good interview. Yeah. I really like Jesse Plemons. I agree. He's I one just, of the more interesting actors. I just really like him. I don't he know. Seems chill. I I don't know why. I think he's a very good actor. Yeah. I don't think that that's crazy to say. And bring either. and bring in Kirsten too. Yeah. Bring just go ahead and bring her along. You know who she's worked with? Everybody. Terrence Malick. Yeah. That could be interesting. 
Yeah. And uh, Sam Raimi. Yeah. And everybody. And also everyone else. And pretty much everybody. Uh, Sofia Coppola. Yeah. And uh, um, wow. The guy's name just dropped out of my head. Fargo creator. Guy that created Fargo. Oh, uh, Noah Hawley. Noah Hawley. I was thinking Bombback. I couldn't get Bombback out of Wait, my head. Wait, when did she work with Noah Hawley? Oh, but she was Fargo in that season, season. Two. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, her and Jesse Plemons. Well, speaking of great TV, this question came from our Better Call Saul comment section. Oh. And uh, Oh, I, my goodness. I, I left, have, I've been watching I know. The, the most recent episodes. I left a reply, but I figured we'd answer it here as well, because yeah. I don't think we talked about it in the video, and when he asked this question, I went, huh, that's an interesting question. He's His name, his uh, YouTube handle is Maximus Dang, so... <laughs> Shout out to Maximus Dang. Maximus Dang. Woo. That's a name right there. I love it. He commented, should I watch Better Call Saul first or Breaking Bad? Mm. I've been trying to get into these series for a bit now. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting because with a lot of prequels, that always becomes the question like in Star Wars. Well, should I watch one through three first? And then, but with Better Call Saul, I haven't heard anyone ask that, but Mm -hmm. I could see where someone would go, well, you know, start in order. Better Call Saul takes place before. Sure. Personally, here's what I'll say, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. I am a big proponent, no matter what, across the board, of you always watch it in the order in which it was made. Because whatever comes after in terms of release, even if in the text itself it takes place before, it's always written with the knowledge of what comes after. And Mm. it's always reacting to that. Yeah. So there is no way in which Better Call Saul can tell its story without consciously, subconsciously reacting to things that happened in Breaking Bad, how people reacted to Breaking Bad. Like it is made in reaction to Breaking Bad. Yeah. And so I think to watch it before it, you're you're missing out on some of the more meta, larger scale nods they're doing, because when you watch Better Call Saul, they do things and like they're like oh you know what this means yeah whereas if you had never seen it you're like why why does this scene have significance i feel like it has significance mm-hmm. they're framing it like it does but i and I, I think that would be a little off-putting and they found saul um in breaking bad you kind of find and are introduced to saul yeah. in breaking bad uh i tend to agree mm-hmm. exactly with what you're saying hell yeah and i was kind of hoping we would have differing uh, views Dang. just so that we could disagree on something but yeah. uh no i completely agree i think that um and and honestly the one gripe that i have heard about better call saul is that they think that it is uh the people that are griping in my life mm-hmm. think it's just kind of slow Who, like Carly? it's too slow no oh. she loves the show oh, okay she loves it um i but, take that back carly yeah take that <laughs> but you think, but they think it's a little slow at the beginning. It's hard to buy in. Oh, like the first like season. Yeah, okay. like to buy, like it's tough to buy in. Like they don't want right. to keep going because they 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 don't find themselves kind of pulled back into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which who who said was, this? Trey. Yes, <laughs> I knew it. And I think he's given it a good like. I think he's in the second season or something where it's like, what is like? How are you not pulled now? into it by now? But uh, but Breaking Bad did not have that at all like i was it has very, a more bombastic premise. i was very pulled in from the beginning so if um i would say breaking bad is a little easier to break into mm-hmm. where it's like pretty quick it pulls you right in uh better call saul has a gentler touch at the beginning of the show um which i really like yeah uh but but it it is just a little more um focused on giving you exactly showing you exactly who the characters are what their proclivities are and it's much more focused on character i think um and and who they are and and why at least least in a different way and what motivates them where it's like it's more interested in in uh dissecting a sympathetic character exactly and playing that angle which takes longer i think yeah because, and, yeah, because and Breaking Bad was like, this guy has a goal. Like he, this is what he has to do. Like everyone, yeah. everyone can uh, sympathize with being desperate. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
I am desperate to get my family set up for whenever I die. Yeah. And it's like everyone can be drawn into that and have sympathy for that. But Better Call Saul is more complex emotions. And I think you're right yeah. and is focusing on a sympathetic character. Yeah. So I agree with you. I would do Breaking Bad and then I would do Better Call Saul. I, but I would be interested to hear from someone yeah. who did Better sure. Call Saul first. Sure. I'd be very interested, especially if they didn't even know what happens to Saul in Breaking Bad. Like if they like literally went in clean. Yeah. Because. Well, and also here's another thing. Mm -hmm. Like whenever you start with Breaking Bad, you're starting with the evol you're going to go along that evolution with the creators of the show at the same rate exactly so it's like you are starting the show whenever the the creator of the show was also starting it yeah so it's like you're gonna go through all of those steps and grow as the show kind of unfolds mm -hmm. and uh one thing that i think your brother was saying where it's like uh, Better Call Saul is a seasoned group of filmmakers by yes. that point. Yes. And so it's like they've made five seasons of television together and they basically rolled right into Better Call Saul like a couple weeks later. Yeah. And started making Better Call Saul and taking everything that they learned from those like previous uh, five seasons and putting it into Better Call Saul. So it's like you're growing with the show whenever you start with breaking yeah. bad which i think is important yeah i agree i agree i mean i really don't think it's the end of the world if you started with better call saul or if you oh no if you only watch better call saul it's the end of the world <laughs> like i could imagine a scenario where like you know someone just missed the breaking bad train but then they heard yeah. people talking about better call saul so they watched that but then they never really felt like continuing on yeah maybe but like if you if someone were asking me, I would say just start with Breaking Bad and go to Better Call Saul and enjoy the ride. Yeah. So and I'm one episode behind right now, but I'm loving this season. It's really good. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe when the the season finally ends, we can do another kind of like post, wrap up little post mortem. Yeah. On I the, think so. On the show. I think that'd be good. That'd be cool. All right. Well, I have one more question. All right. Let's hit it. Let me find it. Um, this question is from Brian Fleming. It was on our YouTube channel. Brian uh, has been a frequent commenter on the channel for thank you, Brian, for a while now, and I always look forward to his comments on our videos. He was actually the one who motivated me to finally make a video on Terrence Malick. Oh, yeah. You know what? Thank you, because thank you, Brian, yeah. because that is. Probably, that might be my favorite essay that you've oh, written. Yeah. I think I loved that one. That was I a great, really loved that, that was one. a great collaboration between Dan and I, um, where I like, I just wrote this essay and was like, Dan, can you somehow make this work as a video? Because it was, yeah. it was kind of like a wordy essay. Yeah. And he just found a great way to like pare it down and make it work. And I love it. Yeah. He was, he, Brian was commenting like on all the, we'd release a video essay, a video essay. He'd be like, he's like, please make one of Terrence Malick and we talk and share like what we like about Terrence Malick. And I just was like, I'm waiting for the right angle in Yeah. because so many people make videos and I want to approach it at an angle that no one has yet or yeah. very few have. Yeah. But anyway, Brian wanted to know this was from an older video. So this question has been sitting out there for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, he wanted to know it was on uh, the punch drunk love video essay. Okay. So we made a video on punch drunk love. Brian wanted to know, what did you think of phantom thread? Mm. Brian said that went over his head. I will have to attempt it again sometime soon. So I'm curious. We we've talked a lot about PTA movies, but mm -hmm. personally, you and I, I don't think we've talked a lot about um, uh, uh, Phantom Thread. We haven't talked much about it, but we did have a conversation about it not long ago. I think I want to say two yeah. or three months ago, um, because. That was a PTA that kind of slipped through the cracks for me. I yep. didn't, um, I didn't watch it. I think that's it's common. It slipped through most people. Yeah, yeah. and I and uh, so interesting. This we're gonna we're gonna I'm about to take you on a journey. Oh, here we go. So I started watching. Um, <laughs> I was watching behind the scenes, like the making of Last of the Mohicans. Right. And I was watching, you know, Michael Mann do his thing, baby, and. Daniel Day-Lewis is in that movie. And I was like, man, 
Daniel Day Lewis. He's the last movie. This dude, he's like, man, what a legend. Like, such a good actor. And I was like, Daniel Day Lewis movies. And I said to myself, I said, his last movie was Phantom Thread. That's a PTA movie. How have I not seen that? Exactly. And so I went and I watched it. And again, like a movie we were talking about right before we started recording, uh, The Card Counter. Yeah. This movie is not exactly what you would think it is. Nope. Not at all. Especially at the end, yeah. Especially at the end. Um, and I, dis- I, it kind of went over my head a little bit, but we had some conversation and uh, I was able to kind of get my feet under me on it a little bit. I liked Phantom Thread. Yeah, I did too. I liked it a lot. Um, I think visually it's, it might be his best film. But it is speaking to something so far and a way like it, it's such a, a subtle i think metaphor for what it is he's really trying to dig into mm-hmm. and i think um maybe on a second watch it wouldn't be as subtle but i felt like him being a fashion designer and their relationship really kind of was a subtle um metaphor uh for what he was digging at in that movie. Yeah. Which made it difficult by the end. You were like, what the heck was he? What? You know, it made you, it left you at the end. Like, what is he saying? What was the point of this? Yeah. They're sick. Like they're, they're They're crazy. They're They're crazy. They're They're sick people. Evan, Evan (laughs) clutching his pearls. Oh my goodness. Oh my stars. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to, really unpack it because i've only seen it once and, and it, it was a while ago it was a while ago it's one of those movies where again like it's, let's just go full spoiler because i was stumbling a little bit trying yeah, not to spoil no. things like okay this guy's a fashion designer he has mommy issues mm-hmm. and they get do they get married or are they just together they're just together uh he meets this much younger woman they're together um and when is it that he begins like to get sick like he starts to get sick i'd say probably a little past halfway like a little past halfway um he they have this kind of like really interesting meet cute scenario where yeah. she's a waitress they have a little flirtation he kind of invites her to his place to try on a dress he's sewn and it is kind of like a charming meet cute but yeah. then once he gets her in the dress and stuff like that he starts to like psychologically mess with her. Yeah. And then he invites her to his place, but not necessarily as like a co kind of habitation thing, almost like a subordinate. Like you'll kind of work for me. I need you to wear these things. Yeah. Like because yeah. He, he sees her more as an, as a means to an end or an object, I think right. at that time. Yeah. And so she's like, and, she does like him, but she's trying to like, honestly, like earn her place there and like his attention. And he thinks like, he thinks she's beautiful, but in a way of like, not a romantic way. It doesn't seem like at first. It's almost it's like, like you're interesting. You're like, you're a beautiful object right. that I want to adorn. Right. In like beautiful clothing. And she starts doing these things that are really annoying to get his attention. And it yeah. like pisses him off. But then as the movie goes, you're like, wait, he kind of, he kind of likes it when yeah. she pisses him off. Yeah. And then it starts escalating where he'll do things to enrage her and she'll do things to get more and more. And the more distant they grow, the more outrageous the things they do to each other. Mm-hmm. All building to this moment where it's revealed that like she's been like poisoning him. Yeah. Slowly. Over and the he course likes of time. it. Yeah. And he likes being poisoned to then be taken care of. Mm hmm. And well, and it's kind of revealed. And this is one thing I thought that the movie, it was so subtle. Right. Where in his like fever dream, he talks about his mother. Yes. For just like a small moment. And it, where it was like, I, th- if I'm remembering correctly, that she like neglected him and never gave him love. Except for when he was sick. So he made himself sick. Exactly. To get his mom's attention. Yes. And I feel like that's like the key that unlocks that is, it. That is definitely. But it was such a quick moment in the movie. You had to really be like paying attention yeah. to what he was saying and everything that was going on. And that's the key that unlocks it. And so basically like by the end of the movie, he's like getting sick and she's taking care of him. Yeah. 
and they're both like comfortable to play these roles for each other and they both love it yeah Yeah. it's like it's like he opens up enough for her to realize like oh you have this weird like caretaker mommy for lack of a better word kink yeah and she kind of enjoys playing that role and when you get to the movie you for me like the movie was this really interesting psychological evaluation of how relationships can be so specific and unique mm-hmm. and it's just investigating the weird things people do to each other that like um how like we project onto the other and how the other yeah. kind of go, puts themselves into that role and well and su- such an interesting scene was uh i believe she wanted to go out for new year's eve or yep. something and he didn't want to he wanted to stay in yeah but then she went out and left him and he goes out and finds her. But then even in that moment, like the, he almost gets there and realizes like I forced myself to be someone that I'm not mm-hmm. in order to try and make the other person happy. I'm just not making, I'm not happy at all. She sees that I'm not happy. That doesn't make her happy. Yeah. And it's like, it's a very interesting, like you said, study in the very small details and specifics of what makes a relationship tick and like what we want from others and yeah and it's like the their particular things that they have in their relationship are weird to us because they don't look like our relationships right but they're not hurting anyone they're not like doing anything bad necessarily to anyone else but that's just what their relationship looks like and that's how they get it to work where it's like maybe the message is uh like everyone's like significant other relationship like person in your life uh it all like every relationship looks different and just because it's different doesn't mean that their way of doing it is like right or wrong and like maybe we don't have the place to like sit in judgment of other yeah. people's relationships. I, I think there may, there's a thread. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that you said thread. It's the, the visual. It was the hand yeah, motion. If you're not, if you're not watching it, I did something dramatic with my hand. Thread. There's a thread. Yeah. Of a metaphor about the, the dress designing and putting clothes on her. I, I think yeah. maybe I, my best guess after watching the movie was, the idea of like how we dress the other person in our relationship into a way we want to see them mm-hmm. and how they come to inhabit that role. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? And and then how we fight back against the sizing and fitting and, and find a role that's com- like, like we're, we're both when you're in a relationship, yeah, you're, you're trying to get something out of them that you want and you treat them the way you want to be treated and mm-hmm. you put them in a role and they might resist and then they show you the role they want. And right. there's this back and forth of, I'm going to design this for you and you're going to design this for you. And then you find the roles, you find the outfits yeah, yeah. that and the, fit. He, he reinforces that with, he puts yeah. secret messages in the clothing yes. where it's like, this is, it's like, maybe that's speaking to what you're talking about where it's like, I want it to be this way. I want it to fit this yes. way. I want you to have this, uh, specific uh like uh uh, characteristic or something Mm -hmm. that he's trying to like sew into the clothing right to like reinforce that idea i think i think that's a good yeah observation that's just my i I need to watch it again and i really enjoyed it especially when you get to the end and you're like oh that's what's going on with him being sick and like it becomes like he's doing it and on purpose, see, like she's doing it on purpose. Sick, twisted reveal where you're like, oh, they like that. Like, yeah, she's purpose. Like he's watching her put poison into his food, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's like, yeah, baby, put that poison <laughs> in my food. <laughs> no, but I, I think also it's like Phantom Thread, the, the ghost or the thing that's the unknown essence of what makes our yes. relationships tick and work. Yes, you know? um, that's kind of was my takeaway but again we've only both yeah. of us have only seen no, it there's once definitely so. something with like the actual idea of what a phantom thread is and yeah i think yeah. i think i remember seeing it and then talking to you about it and just being like dude there was just so much so many like so much psychological nuance going on yeah. in that movie and it's just beautifully filmed like yeah. it's yeah that's so good the way he uses color it is beautifully is, yeah. made yeah well speaking of pta i have a video in the works 
on licorice pizza which i don't know if you've seen yet oh no i have not gotten to so see it yet i really I, want to though yeah oh lost sound in my headphones but Oops. oh well we'll figure it out um yeah, I, I've got something in the works about kind of breaking down that film because it's a movie that garnered a lot of discussion, mm-hmm. you know, people uncomfortable certain things in the movie. And I thought it was interesting because so many PTA movies people talk about or argue about because there is like a mysterious element to like, what's it mean, blah, blah, blah. Whereas this film, it's like everyone kind of knows the like they understand the plot. There's nothing right. confusing about the plot. It's just... It rub it, it's uncomfortable, yeah. And I thought it would be interesting to tackle that. Like, w- why did PTA write a movie about a very inappropriate relationship and stuff like that? So I really want to unpack the themes of licorice pizza. Yeah. So hopefully I can do that soon. And get we that, that kind of we missed that in our theaters. We yeah. didn't get it, so I just kind of it slipped through the cracks. But I have been looking forward to to seeing that. I think it's available to rent now. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so I just need to get on that. Yeah. Well, I, that was the last question I had uh, saved. I got you. We're at uh, 58 we're minutes. Close to I an think. hour. Yeah, yeah. Close to an hour. We'll be so, going and going. I think that's a solid Q&A episode right there. That is a solid Q&A episode. We were talking a little bit before we started recording about like uh, a couple movies. Yeah. The Card Counter, The Gray Man that we watched. Did oh, you, yeah. Have you, is your sound all the way gone in your headphones? No, it's, it's back a little bit. It's not you. super loud, but. Uh, try this thing. The uh, there's like a little control on the side of your headphone. Can go down a little bit. Follow the cable down. Mm. Yeah. Is there like volume control there or something? Yeah. Um. I don't really notice it changing. Check, check. One two. It's, oh, we're well. at the end of the podcast. Yeah, it's okay. we'll figure it out later. We'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, yeah. I one thing I wanted to say to you about the card counter was, um. And I think this is kind of an interesting thing. I was reading an article about it. Um, oh, it just like came back full volume. That's interesting. Oh, weird. But uh, I think that someone was saying this is Paul Schrader's way of like taking Taxi Driver another step further, hmm. which I thought was like an interesting lens to kind of view it through. Um, also, just like the things you didn't see in that movie it was crazy yeah the like, yeah he like held back way, at certain moments the yeah. way he kind of held back and didn't show you what was going on uh was a really really i thought that was an interesting part of the movie and another one of my favorite parts of the movie too was just tiffany haddish in that movie i thought she was awesome she was great yeah that was that's kind of like a casting where like you're casting oscar isaac's um love interest and that's not the first person you'd think of because, yeah. you know, like he usually plays like, especially in this role, very stoic, very serious. Yeah. And, you know, she's known for like kind of outlandish comedy and it mm-hmm. was a really good pairing. Yeah. Super good. And she like is a great stand-up comedian, like is great in comedies, but can pull it back, like can pull that, that energy back and play like a more subdued character for sure. It was awesome. Yeah. No. Yeah. That was interesting how he uses... Uh, card counting and uh, games like poker and stuff to like mm-hmm. show like how the sins you have been forced to commit as like a soldier like you know like racking up debt mm-hmm. you're like racking up sins and guilt and how he in a game is purposely like racking up debt to them mm-hmm. to then cash something big and I just thought it was an interesting idea of like pairing gambling and the idea of like doing something so atrocious for your country and how that you can never wash that off you is kind of like the the debt from gambling how that follows you and how someone like that would be drawn to gambling was interesting it's definitely interesting it was like uh you had told me it's not at all the movie you expected to be yeah which it wasn't at all what i expected it to be but it surprised me that even though it was completely different from what I thought it was going to be, I still really liked it. Yeah. So like, it's, oh, yeah. it's fun whenever that kind of stuff happens. So check out the card counter if you have Check it. out the card counter. And just as a suggestion, 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 uh, watch the gray man. 
and have fun. Yeah, I'm Eat curious popcorn. to know. I'm curious to know what you all think of the Gray Man because yeah, people I, people have been bashing pretty hard on I the heard Russo people brothers. People bashing really hard on it, and I thought it was fine. It's fun. Just yeah. watch it. It's an action movie, and just have fun. Like it's not like every part of it. There are a couple parts of it that kind of annoyed yeah. me, but it wasn't like anything that made me completely want to turn the movie off. Like it was a fun movie and Ryan Gosling is great and he's hilarious. I will say watching Ryan Gosling like play that type of role. Yeah. Especially when he was protecting the daughter, it mm -hmm. instantly made me think of the nice guys. And I was just like, I need a nice guy sequel so bad, man. Oh man. Jeez. Don't even like get a, someone just write. Don't Shane, even, don't Shane even get Black us started a check and do the nice guys too. Like I, I needed in my veins. Shane Black, if you're listening to this, we need Shane. the nice guys too. Shane, we need it, man. We, we need, need it, it to be a trilogy, actually. Yeah. And I feel like you kind of need to hop on this because I need Russell Crowe to be in both. <laughs> yeah. The second one and the third one that you're gonna make. Uh, we haven't talked about the third one, but it's got to be a trilogy, you know. Yeah. Uh, and Russell Crowe needs to be in that. And Russell Crowe, he's getting older, man. Yeah. You know, let's just face it. Russell Crowe's getting a little older. But maybe the older he gets, the funnier he'll be in that role. Maybe so. Man, yeah. he was great in the first one. When did that come out? 2016? 2016. Lifetime ago. <laughs> what an interesting... How interesting that we just pulled that year out of our heads. Well, I mean, we were I there. I, I saw it somewhere I, yeah. recently. The That's movie why theater. I remember. Jeez. Yeah. I saw that twice in theaters. I liked it so much. That's amazing. Well, that concludes our Q&A and whatever that was at the end. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably be cut out anyway. No, it's fine. We'll keep it. We'll keep it. You know, this is loosey-goosey. We're just having oh, fun. It's loosey-goosey, baby. So that was our first. Whoa, the mic's just like moving on me. Here, tighten these little thingies. Oh, okay. That was our first Q&A for the Professional Appreciator slash Why It's Great YouTube channel. Yeah. If you are watching this on the Patreon page and you are not yet a patron, you know, check it out. Take a look around. See how you like it. And, and maybe consider joining our little community here. Yeah. Because look, listen, the more people who join this Patreon community, the more incentivized we will be to create more patron exclusive content. Like awesome. movie commentaries. Yeah. And like kind of maybe special hidden discussions and mm -hmm. you know, maybe bonus podcast episodes. You know, like there are there are times we record an episode and we keep going and going and going and then we decide to cut it. Yeah. But we might start releasing those longer segments here if you guys are interested. But yeah, it just takes you guys reaching out to us, letting know what you like. Um, if anything we talked about in this video spurred a question for you, leave a comment, let us know, and we can save it for next time. Yeah. I really like talking about people's questions and yeah. comments and just stuff like that. I, uh, that, I really, really liked that question about Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad. I, yeah. I had never thought about that. So. That's just the kind of stuff that you get whenever you start reading through the comments and asking people what their questions yeah. are. People have just so many different perspectives. I love hearing yeah. it. So I, I know if you listen on like podcast feeds specifically, there's not many places to like leave a comment. Yeah. So if you do, you can just jump to our YouTube page, maybe DM me or leave a comment on a video. I did that notice too. I did notice on the YouTube thing. Um, if you're not super familiar with YouTube, it is a little difficult to navigate mm -hmm. you have to go to the youtube channel and then on the top go over to community community yeah and then you can kind of yeah discuss and leave comments and yeah stuff like that so yeah so i'd love to get everyone's feedback uh so we can make this more of a community thing and not just because that's why we started this we love talking about movies mm -hmm. and we wanted to expand kind of the the radius of this conversation yeah we felt like we are professional appreciators of movies and TV yeah. and things, and we make it our um, we make it our mission to if we choose to, to watch these things and to be a part of these conversations. Because and everyone else in our lives is tired of us talking about exactly, that. So and we want to reach out to other professional appreciators, other people that feel yeah. like it. They make it their yeah. mission. We got the professional appreciators bat signal out. Yeah, it's it's, it's lit in the sky. Yeah, it's those three D glasses up yeah, in the it's sky. Yeah, the three D glasses. You could picture it. Yeah. Yep. Either that, or it's just a picture of Michael Mann. <laughs> It's a picture of a tweet of Michael Mann that saying says Heat Two is going to be huge on the way, <laughs> and who wouldn't rally behind that? Oh my gosh, man! I like get so giddy. Yeah. Whenever I think about two, like Heat three years, three years from now, when Heat Two 
I get simultaneously like so nervous yeah. and like giddy where it's like, like <laughs> we do you and I are going to be insufferable. If he too comes out insufferable. Yeah, we will. Yeah. yeah we we're going to be, be like, we're going to be like telling everyone in our lives, like, do not schedule anything who is on he the gonna, weekend of heat. Who two. is he going to cast? Like, dude, it's it's a dude. It's official. I think Timothy Chalamet is playing young Al Pacino. I think like Michael Mann has said that, like he wants Timothy Chalamet as young Al Pacino, which I'm gonna just trust Michael Mann. Wait, but <laughs> but we don't even. There's going to be a young Al Pacino? Yeah, because it's it's going to be like an adaptation of the book. Yeah, but I thought the book was pushing the story further no, it into... Goes, no, it goes back and forward. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. The book takes place before Heat and oh! after Heat. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like... Um, uh, De Niro's character wouldn't exist... If it was purely a sequel. Yeah. So, spoiler for Heat. Yeah, but it's about the Heat coming around the corner. It's not yeah. about De Niro. Yeah. No, I, I think he wants to tell a little bit more about, like, those guys' lives before. And Yeah. Well, anyway. I'm, I'm in. I'm anyway. In. I'm in. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so. It, I don't care what it is. I'm yeah. in. We start talking about Heat. We'll never end the podcast. No. Not until so, the Heat's coming around the corner. Yeah. So, you know, you know the drill. Like, subscribe, leave a comment. And I hope you enjoyed this. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Bye.